0: from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com.
1: Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's exciting to begin a new year with you. We are a couple days into the year, but we wanted to just pause a little bit and think about some what we're calling bigger texts, things that we hope um, shape how we approach the upcoming year. Um, Every church has its own practices. For us in our church, we begin the year with um, preaching through what I call these big texts. And my hope is that as a congregation, we embrace the truths of that text that then influences how we think, how we we live, how we approach different circumstances, that um, the desire is that the Word is what saturates our hearts and minds. So each of us has come with several texts that we are hoping to just go through over the next little while. And today we actually begin with Psalm 90. Sometimes this is a text that people preach at the end of the year. Um, it's a reflective psalm. It actually begins book four of the Psalter. It, one of the ways it's unique is it was written by Moses. And so we don't have a lot of writings outside of the first five books of the Bible where Moses is noted as the author, but Psalm 90 is. And we are going to be looking at the last little bit of the psalm.
2: Yeah. So we're going to pick up uh, Psalm 90, verse 12 through 17 from the ESV. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands
1: you've heard us talking on the radio program before that one of the frameworks of when you approach god's word of how do you how do you benefit um, from the reading of God's Word? What are some tools that you can have that, as you approach it, um, are helpful and I know the tendency is sometimes to um, jump straight to application. We read God's word and we say, okay, what does this text mean for how I live? We would encourage you to maybe pause and step back just a little bit first before you jump to application. Trust us. We believe in application. However, Um, sometimes we get there too quickly and we miss some other things. So what we're going to do with these texts is we're going to first stop and pause and say, well, what are we learning about God from the text? Because at the end of the day, the point of the word of God is to teach us about who God is, how God has revealed himself um, in his word. And so it's, I think it's helpful to pause and say, okay, what are we learning about God in this text? Next, we're going to look at and say, well, what is this text telling us about us as human beings? What do we learn? And then third, so what? What's the application based on who God is, who we are, what we've learned? How am I going to seek to apply these truths? So that's the framework for the next couple of days. Gentlemen, what are we learning about God, at least in this later part of Psalm 90? If you want to reach back into the first part of Psalm 90, you may as well.
0: Well, I think what you see immediately is the eternal nature and grandeur of God through this passage. I mean, this is he is presented as the one that is eternal There, you know, which will be contrasted with what we learn about man, uh, the ephemeral uh, nature and frailty of of the human being. Because our text started with
1: "so teach us." Um, So, so the "so" is there as a therefore. Right. Well, why are we to number our days? Because God's days are numberless. Um, He's eternal. Before everything came to be, God was, Um, and so there's that eternal aspect of God, that God is not like us. I had a birthday yesterday. I'm getting older. Thank you. But we number our days. God doesn't. Yeah. God doesn't have birthdays um, where he's saying, I'm just this much older. He's just eternal. He's an eternal being. What else do we see here?
2: I think for, for Moses, God is the the source of his satisfaction. That's part of his prayer request in verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we might rejoice and be glad. Uh, he's also uh, Moses' sovereign. Uh, he sees even the, the affliction that he experiences and the evil times directly under God's control, not something that's outside of God's authority or providence in his life.
1: I'm not sure about you guys, but there are certain phrases that um, sometimes just it's like petting a dog the wrong direction. And one of those is the idea of when bad things happen, people want to protect God Yeah, and they'll say, well, God didn't cause it. He just allowed it. And it, it, it honestly, it's like petting the dog the wrong direction for me, because if God wasn't in control at that moment, who was, and yeah. how is that phrase actually a comfort for anybody in your protecting God, you're actually making it a, a place of an incredible instability for everybody involved because I want God to be in control of all things because that's where I feel safe. And if he's not in control of all things and he's just simply allowing other things, was it because he couldn't stop it? it was it because it he didn't wasn't wise he wasn't understanding he he wasn't orchestrating all things for his glory and my good i mean what what was going on at that moment if he wasn't the cause um
3: so that sorry that was my soapbox for 2023 that's That's good i've always found that a, a great comfort knowing that he's in control of those difficult times because as i've i tell our congregation from time to time you know god is not arbitrary He does bring hard things into our life, but he has a good reason to do it. We may never know it in this life. But the comforting thing about that is as soon as that difficult times the purpose is fulfilled for which God brought it, it's going to end. He's not going to keep us one second longer. And I think difficulty.
1: Coupled with that sovereignty is the phrase steadfast love. Yep. And to me that's that has been the phrase that I've been at least for 2022,
0: thinking a lot about. Well, that's on the, the other side. First of all, you mentioned, and I think this is a good phrase to keep in mind, for his glory, you know, everything he does is for his glory. And the other part, half of that is, and for our good. And that steadfast love, mm-hmm. that loyal love, that, that um, continuing love of God is where we experience God's good in our life. And he's good despite our not being good. Right. despite our failings and, and our a, shortcomings a, a, apart from our awareness of that good he's good uh, god is good all the time all the time god is good is the um response to that um i think that you know taking in this whole psalm um you know one of the things that we recognize is that uh, man's problem is not just his mortality not the fact that he that he dies but the the reason that he dies is uh, is that he's also a sinner and so this this psalm actually traces uh, the mortality of man right to its roots, and we see that death is a judgment of God against sin, and we die because Adam sinned, and in Adam all sinned. Um, so, uh, this is a this not only uh, traces our mortality, but the cause of it. And I think about this psalm written by Moses uh, during this particular time, and I would. You know, you, this is a man who led uh, the people out of Egypt. Um, they wandered for 40 years. Everybody over, everybody that left Egypt over 20 perished in the wilderness during this period of time. Um, you know, so this is a, you know, Moses would have been fully aware of mortality. Most, you know, even as pastors, you know, um, we... We may uh, only have to conduct a funeral, a couple funerals a year, or something like that. Or we hope that we don't have to do that at all. Um, This is somebody that watched death every day, Mm -hmm. and uh, so this is something that we um, have to keep in mind. As we is here's somebody that really understood man's transitoriness. And I love
3: the uh, hope in the verses that we read here too of. You know, the verse that says, make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Um, it's something that, you know, it, it acknowledges, as we've talked about, God's sovereignty and difficulty. But it's also this request of make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, and the years in which you have seen evil. You know, for his people, God's response to that is to give us well beyond the measure of the evil we have seen as far as the good that he's prepared you know the what we have to look forward to, and the hope that we have looked forward to, is glory in His presence for eternity. So He will far exceed this request and give us far more than what evil we have seen. He'll give us far more good.
0: Right, and and the and the psalm actually begins with the recognition that those who dwell in God are eternally secure. He begins the psalm, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Uh, the The idea here is that you know the person who is anchored in God is eternally secure, that uh, even though life is short and the wrath of God being terrifying in this psalm, the mercy and protection of God for his people is great. And so um, he's reminding us that God is the ultimate home of his people. Mm. I think you see in this
1: psalm this idea that man is going to seek satisfaction in something. And as we go into the new year, there are going to be lots of things that call for your attention and, and vie for your affections. Uh, the, the bottom line is we we are people that God created to have a longing for something outside of ourselves. And that was that we were created to long and be satisfied in God alone. Part of our sinfulness, part of our brokenness is that we seek that satisfaction in things that can't truly bring and satisfy because they're Mm. not equal to the substance and the magnitude of God. And so they're always going to fall short. And so part of what we learn here about us is, is that need. Um, John Piper wrote about it um, all the time, but it's the idea that we will continue to look for something. And this is directing us to the real source of our satisfaction, which is God. Mm. What else do we learn about us from these these verses,
2: yeah, for me it's right, right there in verse twelve. It's the we talked, we mentioned it because God is infinite, uh, that we are finite beings. Um, we talk about like phrases, rubbing the dog the wrong way or putting the dog the wrong way. Um, when you folks ask someone how they're doing, they'll, they'll say, "Oh, I'm living one day at a time." I'm like, "Well, aren't we all?" Um, and for me, it's like, "Well, that's all the Lord has given us out of His grace. He's only given me this day." And so, the heart of wisdom is acknowledging that this day, the breath in my very lungs, it comes from the source of God's sovereignty and goodness to me. So, might I begin the day then in verse 14, seeing satisfaction in him and his steadfast love, so that I might walk in wisdom this day? So, for me, it's the finiteness of humanity that our, our days are numbered according to God's wisdom, uh, for me, is the big thing.
1: So we've got a minute left. What are your great takeaways for those that are listening from Psalm
0: 90? What would you want them to hold on to for the upcoming well, year? Well, first of all, I think for everybody, the the method is do the math, you know, where it says, teach us to number our days. Um, you know, this is life changing theology. We we will not live forever. We'll stand before God. And I think that as you know, Vinny was pointing out, the next most precious thing is uh, we have today. And, uh, you know, the there was, a I think it was Amy Carmichael wrote a, a hymn in one of the lines is, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Yep. That's the, you know, so take today and, and use today. And the last thing I think is that, um, you know, we need God's work to be shown to us, you know, because he's, he says, um, uh, you know, he finishes up there and says, let Your work be shown to your servant and your glorious power to their children. And so we need God's work and his purposes to be shown to us um, so that we can have blessing as well. As Moses writes, let the favor of our Lord, our God, be upon
1: us and establish the work of our hands. Mm -hmm. We'll see you tomorrow.